0: Just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers, it's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion, yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope all is going well with you. We're headed into yet another work week, and it's going to be a busy one. There's a lot of things happening in the news, things to look forward to, things to be concerned about. But i got to be honest, one of the things that I'm most excited about is next Sunday, which is Halloween. Now, when I bring up Halloween, I'm not trying to offend people who don't believe or don't celebrate Halloween. My reason for the excitement of it all is because I'll be able to see my grandchildren, getting excited getting dressed up having fun enjoying themselves and there's no greater joy for me than seeing my grandkids having a good time now my grandkids are very lucky because they have a very creative and uh, talented mom she makes awesome she handmakes awesome costumes i've seen a number of costumes my 9-year-old grandson has wore uh, and it's impressive and he always looks cool as hell. Now my 18-month-old granddaughter, this is really the first time she's really kind of kind of dress up and kind of be in the mix. She's still pretty young to appreciate it as much as her brother might, but she's going to be dressed up and she's going to hopefully be having a lot of fun participating in whatever festivities are planned. Generally, it's the family putting something together. My uh, son's wife's family putting something together. The family gets together and they have a lot of fun. Now, I'm not sure what these kids are going to be dressed as. It's always a surprise. Uh, And it's always amazing because, as I said, my daughter-in-law is quite creative and quite talented when it comes to making costumes. Now, I will say the word on the street for my granddaughter is that she might be a kitty. Don't hold me to it because I don't know for sure, but that's the word on the street. (laughs) I can't wait to see her. It should be a lot of fun. Anyway, let's talk about what's going on in the news because there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. Now, yesterday, um, I spoke a lot about uh, this report in Rolling Stone magazine, how there are two organizers of the January 6th insurrection, and how they were talking about the planning meetings, the dozens of planning meetings they had with members of Congress and staff members from the White House. Now, that's pretty disturbing. It's uh, very interesting and concerning. Now we have another report out of the Washington Post says that there was a war room of sorts set up leading up to the insurrection. It was at the Willard Hotel, and if I know correctly, the Willard Hotel was is within a block of the White House. Now in these war room meetings, there was Rudy Giuliani, Steve Bannon, and... Uh, There was a lawyer by the name of Eastman. You probably don't know who he is, but he is a Trump lackey. And he is the one that concocted the idea that uh, Mike Pence had the power to not certify the election on January 6th. Now, they had a number of meetings in the uh, hotel. And what they were trying to do was trying to dig up evidence of voter fraud, then figure out ways to promote it and get it out to the public so people could be uh, appalled by all the fraud that happened. And in addition to that, what they plan to do is bring Pence in, Mike Pence, and convince him and sell him on the fact that he had the power and he should not certify the election. Well, as it turns out, Neither of those things happened. There was no evidence. And Mike Pence, for whatever reason, did the right thing. First, we thought Mike Pence was the hero for doing the right thing. But then we find out he was trying to figure out every way possible, including calling Dan Quayle to try to get some input, trying to figure out a way where he could appease Donald Trump and not certify the election. Of course, everybody he talked to said, dude, you can't do that. It's just you can't do it. Just do your job and move on. But, of course, Mike Pence was concerned about the wrath of Donald Trump. And now it's shown, we've been shown that uh, he had every reason to be concerned. Because when the insurrectionists came at the building, one of the things they were screaming was, hang Mike Pence. They even brought a gallows with them with a noose on it. So Mike Pence had very good reasons to be concerned concerned or scared. But there was no way around it. There was no legal option for him to not certify the election, in spite of what Donald Trump said or in spite of what the lawyer Eastman said. And this angered Donald Trump. And, of course, that's how they all ended up screaming for his head when they were mounting an insurrection against our U.S. Capitol. It's pretty... It's pretty interesting. Now, I've had a lot of people come on my post and say, oh, yeah, I knew all about that. That's what we thought. Yeah, we knew. Well, that's true. The rumors were telling us these things exactly. We heard from unnamed sources and that sort of thing that this is probably what was happening. And, of course, all of us believed it because it sounds so much like Donald Trump. But don't get so cocky and think, well, I knew this all the time. No, you didn't. Because at that time, there was no verified sources. And now there are verified sources. So in spite of the fact you may have heard these stories before, the fact that they are verified to Congress, to the House Select Committee, that's entirely a different situation, a more important situation. So yes, we may have known about them in the past, But the fact of the matter is, is now we're getting some verification. And this is where the trouble begins. See, the thing about it is, what we're hearing from the Washington Post and uh, Rolling Stone just scratches the surface of what is likely being told to the investigators with the House Select Committee. So whatever information they are gathering, there's a lot of it we haven't heard. We've heard a lot of names involved in, uh, in these uh, planning meetings. People like Lauren Boebert, Gosar, uh, Gomert, Bobert. you know, all these people. Now, some people have said, well, how come Jim Jordan's not on the list? Or Hawley or Kevin McCarthy, how come they're not on the list? Well, that doesn't mean they weren't involved in the insurrection, It just means that they weren't involved in that part of the insurrection. You see, we know Jim Jordan was on the phone with Donald Trump a number of times during and after the insurrection. We know that Kevin McCarthy talked to Donald Trump during and after the insurrection. Josh Hawley, I'm not sure how he was tied into this, but he was sure concerned about whether the FBI was grabbing phone call metadata. So you can bet he was talking to somebody or involved with somebody who was connected to the insurrection. So now these two organizers have said that they were in these meetings with these people. Just because Jim Jordan, uh, Kevin McCarthy, Josh Hawley, whoever else wasn't in those meetings doesn't mean they're not culpable, doesn't mean they're not part of it. They're just on a different part of it, and that is coordinating with the president, Donald Trump. So don't be concerned about people getting away. All the information is being delivered to the House Select Committee. They're getting that information, and they will get more as they continue doing what they're doing. So it's important to just settle down, wait it out, and see what happens. We've only gotten crumbs of what's going on or what happened that day, and it is mind-blowing to imagine that. Think about this. Four years ago, if you were to tell the stories that we are now telling, you wouldn't even believe it. You wouldn't think that it was possible in this country. Now we know it's possible because we know it happened, and now people are starting to speak up. This will all be exposed. There will be some indictments. There will be some trials and some convictions. There will be people expelled from their positions in Congress We've talked about the 14th Amendment, and they will more than likely use that. And keep in mind, as I said in the podcast yesterday, not only does it expel them from their jobs, it uh, makes them unavailable to run for another position. They're out of politics permanently if the 14th Amendment is used. People are always telling me, oh, nothing's ever going to happen. Nothing's ever going to happen. We'll talk about that more toward the end of the program. But the fact of the matter is, just because they're not in handcuffs and in jail right now doesn't mean nothing's happening. A lot is happening. A lot with the investigations. A lot with the select committee. A lot is happening. But it takes time to build cases, and it takes time to run the process. As long as we're seeing positive movement like we're seeing now, well, then you can relax because you know we're headed the right direction. All right. Um, one of the things that uh, we've been hearing a lot about is all these problems with Facebook. It seems like every day new documents are released that expose Facebook for their involvement in all the violence the white supremacy, and of course the insurrection. Now, what they've done basically has allowed and fed off of these people when they're posting on Facebook. Now, we always hear about people getting kicked off Facebook because they said something bad or did something wrong, but for whatever reason, the people, the insurrectionists, the far right, the Trumpulicans the trolls, somehow they were able to stay on. Somehow they were able to continue. Somehow they were able to congregate online, make plans for protest, riots, or what have you. And Facebook did nothing to stop it. Now, a lot of people out there will say, well, see, I told you Facebook was a uh, evil empire. They're trying to take down this country. Well, no, that's not what's happening at all. It has nothing to do um, with something that's that insidious. That's not happening. This is all about greed. This is about making money. They found out that when they let the far-right Trump-looking fucks do whatever they want, stir things up on Facebook, that they made money. They weren't thinking about the country. They weren't thinking about the government government, or any of the people in this country. They were thinking, hey, we're making money off of this. Let's do more of it. And then when they get caught up in it like they are now, then what they try to do is try to lie their way out or rationalize why they're doing it. So we should be happy that they're doing it. Now, I said in a TikTok that I've experienced this kind of behavior before in my own business. You'll be working a deal of some sort, and then one one of the parties will come to you and lie to your face and try to rip you off. When you have the audacity to call them out on it, they step back. They're aghast. They can't believe that you're calling them out on this. And then the next step is they try to rationalize why they should be able to get more money or rip you off. They're believing this in their own mind. They've rationalized it out in their own mind. Now they're trying to sell you. Now, for me, whenever that happened, I couldn't be sold because I knew what the facts were. And I wasn't going to allow that to happen. I said, either you fix it or we're not doing the deal at all. Any money that you would make will stop because you're not playing fair. And ultimately, they had to straighten it out and do as they're supposed to do, as opposed to trying to rational out why they can screw somebody else. And in this country, people like Facebook and the other social media platforms have been able to get away with it, because they're strong and they're powerful, and uh, they make claims of all the things they're doing to fix it, but in fact, they aren't doing anything to fix it. Nothing. Why would they? They're making more money by perpetuating the hate and the violence and the misogyny and the uh, white supremacy on Facebook. And let's face it, that's why they're here. It's not about anything more than making money. It's nothing more than greed. What seems ironic to me when you think about a company or even Mark Zuckerberg who's worth hundreds of billions of dollars, when is it enough Why is that greed still there when you have all the money in the world? But for whatever reason, it is still there. They want more money for the government, more money for their um, owner. And they don't stop. It's like a dog eating dog food. You keep feeding him, he keeps eating until he explodes. And these people, that's exactly what they've done. They keep rationalizing any behavior they want as long as it makes money. They keep making more money, more money, until they explode. And they're right now at the point of exploding because they're in trouble. I mean, let's be honest. Any app has a expiration date. You remember MySpace. It was big. It was powerful. Now nobody uses it. That day will come for Facebook. It's just a matter of how long they can spread it out before it happens. I mean, Facebook's been around a long time, about 17 years, I think. So they might be coming to the end of their run. They're kind of antiquated at this point, old style for some of the younger people. Some of the older people are still there. But they may not be long for this country or this world uh, if they continue to do the things they do. Now, the problem with it is when you're dealing with greedy people, they will do anything to make money. They will push the line, the limits. And then when they get that far, they'll push it beyond the line and the limits. And they will keep doing it till they get caught and get their hand slapped. But in this instance, we might be talking about something more than a hand slap. We know that uh, um, there's talks of. Breaking up Facebook. Now I don't know how that actually looks how you break up Facebook. I mean you've got Instagram and Facebook together. You maybe break those two apart. Uh, but even still, Facebook is quite powerful, so is Instagram for that matter. What are you going to do to break it up? Now we've seen this in the past. Companies that have gotten too big, they make all the money, but that's not the real problem. The real problem is because they have all the power, all the money, they have a lot of power in government. They have lobbyists and money, and they feed it to our government officials. And when there's a time that comes that they need to adjust or be regulated, the government lets them do whatever they want to do because they're given them money. So the plan by some representatives or senators is to break this company up, make them weaker, taking away some of their government power. But there's another part of this that I think is important. You have to understand there are very few or very limited regulations that social media has. And that's why they can push it to the limit, push it beyond the limit, do what they have to do, make as much money as they can, and when they get caught doing something wrong, they go, whoops, okay, we're sorry, we'll fix it. But then they don't fix it. So there needs to be some regulation or some governing body. Now, I know those are fighting words for a lot of people on the Internet, and I understand we have the First Amendment rights. We don't want it constricted or some government-controlled thing, the Internet. But at the same time, we have to be able to limit the negativity, the lies, the conspiracy theories that ultimately affect elections from getting out too. In no way can I validate putting out lies and making threats and stirring up violence in order to intimidate people and affect an election. That should not be allowed in a country that is a democracy. So what you maybe need is some kind of governing body over the top of it. Not necessarily controlling everything day to day, but having limits and holding strong at those limits. Now think about this. If you're a company that uh, manufactures food or drugs, you have to deal with the FDA. The FDA is there to protect the citizens of this country make sure they don't take the cheap way out or some other option that might be harmful to this country. So they're there to make sure these people don't go beyond the limits they're supposed to go. If you're on radio or television, you have the FCC. Same circumstance. There are certain limitations you can do on broadcast television and broadcast radio. Uh, they're, I don't know if you want to call them laws or norms or whatever, but they are there to regulate that. And if somebody breaks those rules, then they are punished for it. They can either be fined or they can lose a license. And I can tell you from having worked in radio all the years that I did that radio stations pay close attention to those rules and regulations. They're making money from their radio stations and they don't want to lose the chance to make that money by breaking those rules. So they're very cautious about even getting close to the line. And that's something we need with Facebook and all other social media. You can't just yo out there and scream what you want to scream, you can't scream fire in a theater. You do have a First Amendment right, but there must be some consequences for people who misuse that right. And we clearly know that there's been a lot of misuse on Facebook and other social media, and it does impact our society. That, to me, is a bridge too far. You know, Republicans are big on taking regulations off everything. Let the free market handle it. Let... Let people do what they want to do to make a living. Unfortunately, you got people that will abuse that. They have a lot of money, a lot of power, and they think they can do whatever they want to do. They do things that harm the earth and the ecology. They do things that cost people money and limit uh, whatever their freedoms are. So there's got to be some kind of regulation there because the big businesses cannot be trusted to do the right thing. So we've got to do something. They're not going to like it, but too fucking bad. They're making hundreds of billions of dollars a year. And if you want to make that kind of money, well, you should probably follow some rules. Because if you look at Facebook or Facebook or Instagram, they have a lot of power in this country. They deliver a lot of information. And if that information is dangerous, untrue, or violent, that should be restricted. People I talk to every day watch Fox News or see the Internet, and they believe things that are patented lies. They believe them to be true because of where they got them from. They believe those people, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Fox News, OAN, Newsmax, they believe it is true. And if we have 20, 30, or 40 percent of this country that believe stuff that is absolutely wrong and dangerous to this country, that is a problem for this country. So we as a people and our government have to figure out a way to protect the country from that kind of situation. And that will ultimately happen. There'll be people mad about it, but it's absolutely essential if we want to protect what we have here in our democracy. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, we are back. You know, there's a lot of people we're seeing out in this country, whether it be in nursing, policing, fire departments, the military, they're all screaming how they're being let go and fired because they won't follow the vaccine mandate. They're blaming it on the government. They're blaming it on the organizations they work for because they refuse to get the vaccine. They refuse to comply with the mandate. Well, when these organizations enforce this mandate and you refuse to comply, well, you have the freedom not to comply, But the company or the organization has the freedom to let you go. It's pretty clear. It's cut and dried. You have your choice. So if you end up walking off your nursing job or your police job or whatever, that's on you. It's not on the organization. There is nothing illegal about them putting a mandate for health concerns in this country. I saw a truck driver on TikTok and says, our country can't give us mandates. They can't mandate anything to us, which is ironic because he's a truck driver sitting in a truck that has to be licensed. He has to have a personal license to operate that truck. They have to follow certain mandates and rules in order to run that truck. But those mandates are okay, huh? It's just this one vaccine mandate that you don't want to follow goes back to what I was saying before in the previous segment. The problem is, is we get a lot of lies and bullshit being purveyed by Facebook, Fox News, OAN, Newsmax, what have you. They're putting it out there, and these people don't get information from any place else but those places, so naturally they're dumb enough to believe it. So if they believe it, then they feel like they're being treated unfairly. I mean, let's be honest, the people who were part of the group that mounted the insurrection against the U.S. Capitol, they honestly believed that they were doing the right thing. They believed they were patriots and heroes, and they believed that uh, Donald Trump would take care of them, even though by norm standards, this is illegal, but it was necessary to save our country. This is what they believed. They believed it because the only information they saw told them that this is so. They didn't have enough motivation or interest or curiosity to look at other sources. They heard the sources they wanted to hear. Those sources told them what they wanted to hear. And by that, they assumed it was absolutely correct. Well, now some of these people going to jail for insurrection are finding out, well, shit, that's not true. They lied to us. Well, you have to take some responsibility on yourself. There are people that will lie to you. And if you have any question in your mind, you have to search it out for yourself and figure out what is true. To follow anybody blindly is absolutely fucking stupid. And if you do it, you deserve what you get. And that's what's happening with these folks losing their jobs because they won't comply with the vaccination mandate. Now, I don't understand what's going on in their heads. It's got to be a little ego working here. They're probably thinking to themselves, well, if I walk off, I'm important. They won't let me do that. They'll bend to my desires. No, they won't. They won't. Even if a hundred of you do it, they are going to bend to it because they can't. It's a mandate. It's the law. The company or organization has to comply with it. And they have to have everybody that works for them complying with it. If you don't, you're gone. So don't think you can pressure these folks. And I really think they think that. I think they can say, well, they'll lose everybody and then Nobody will be working for them, and they'll be lost, and they'll have to bend to our demands. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it may be difficult At half a police force leaves, but they're going to have to figure it out. And it won't be you coming back unless you get the vaccination. The other thing I'm curious about, do these people believe that by losing their jobs because of not complying with the vaccine mandate that they will get some kind of government subsidy like uh, unemployment. Fact is, they won't. You don't get any unemployment if you quit a job or if you're fired for cause. If there's a reason that you were fired, you will not get unemployment. So you have to wonder if these people are thinking ahead. All these people quitting jobs and all of a sudden no money coming in. How are you going to survive? (laughs) Ironically, these Republicans or Trumplicans that are pulling this off, once they are smart enough to realize they have no money, they're going broke, they're losing their homes, they're not eating, now they're going to be the ones that have to go to the government for help. And they're the ones that have been so against that help to people that are having a tough time. I have to admit, I don't think these people thought it out very well. I don't think they understand what is going to happen. That's the thing with bullies. They think they can puff out their chest, make threats, be tough guys, and everybody will fold and let them roll over the top of them. It's not happening anymore. There are no safety nets. You either do what you're supposed to do, otherwise you pay the price. And the price is something you aren't going to be able to afford because you can't make any fucking money. If you think you're going to quit and get a job someplace else, keep in mind all companies with 100 or more employees are required to have a a vaccine mandate. So unless you go find a job at a mom-and-pop company, you're going to have to get the vaccine to work at all. You're putting yourself in a ridiculously impossible spot. You got to make money to feed the family and keep a roof over your heads, but you can't do it if you keep playing this fucking stupid game. I don't know, maybe it's going to take some time for them to come to realize what they're really paying for following this ridiculous conspiracy theory. But maybe that's what it takes. Maybe they're so stupid they need to get slapped down a couple times to figure it out. This will be very interesting to watch. And, you know, when I think about these people, the insurrection and all these things, one of the things I'm really kind of disturbed about is um, the lack of faith that a lot of people have in this government. Now, I'll be the first one to admit, I don't trust or count on the government for a lot of things. But as we're going through these investigations for the insurrection and all the other things, I get this over and over and over again. Oh, sure, but nothing's ever going to happen to them. I don't have any faith that the government or the DOJ is going to do anything to them. I think nothing is going to happen. They always slip out and nobody will be accountable. I understand where you're coming from. I understand why you're saying that. But you've got to look at this situation. This is far different than anything we've seen in the past. So to try to compare that with what happened in the past is ridiculous. It's short-sighted. And the second thing is, why do you walk into anything assuming you're going to lose? Fucking buck up, man. There is a lot of stuff going on. There is already people being held accountable. So don't tell me nobody's going to be held accountable. Donald Trump will never be held accountable. Well, not fully yet. However, however, they have indicted his organization, his CFO. When this goes to court and they lose and they most certainly will, that pretty much ends, bankrupts that company. Donald Trump's entire company will be bankrupt. Assuming nothing else happens to Donald Trump, that's something. That is a big something. But to suggest that um, nothing's going to happen to Donald Trump, his administration, his family, that's getting a little crazy. Things are going to happen. There's just too much going on. Something will stick, and it will take Donald Trump his family, his administration, and those Republicans around him down. For example, with uh, these organizers of the insurrection talking about these members of Congress and staff of the White House, how they were involved in uh, the lead up to the insurrection. This could very well get a number of these people expelled from Congress. That's not nothing. That's not nothing. We have actual actual uh, evidence from witnesses that this happened. That's a step farther than what we had before. So just settle down and stop whining and crying about, Oh, nothing will ever happen. Shit's already happening. And more shit will happen. And whether it rises to the level that you like, I don't know. But stuff is happening, and stuff will continue to happen. And the Republicans, the Trumplicans, Donald Trump, his administration, his cult members, they'll all pay the price for it. We don't know what that is yet or to what extent. But trust me, something is going to happen because stuff is already happening. All right. I want to talk a little bit about the infrastructure bill. We've talked about it a million times, but two things I've told you. I told you from the beginning that the infrastructure bills, the bipartisan, and the reconciliation bills will pass. It's taken a long time to negotiate this out because we've got stumbling blocks in Senator uh, Kristen Sinema and Senator Joe Manchin. But things are coming together now. Some really interesting things are coming together now. Nancy Pelosi was uh, interviewed recently, like today. And uh, she said that 90% of the infrastructure bills have been agreed on and written. And it is definitely possible we will see a framework of what has been agreed upon. Now, whether it will be finalized this week, that might be hard to tell. But they need some kind of uh, agreement in on paper to a certain extent. They need it before uh, Joe Biden goes to the climate summit, I think it's in Scotland or something like that, he wants to be able to bring that with him to show the other people that we're doing something and they need to do something. So there's that deadline. Something is going to happen with both those bills. They will pass because they have to pass. The Democrats have to do whatever they have to do to pass them in order to be in a good position come 2022. And trust me, when these bills pass, it'll do enough good for so many people that the Democrats will be in a great position. And the Republicans will have to explain why all this good that's happening for the country and for the people they didn't vote for. Oh, they might try to take credit. But the fact is, it's pretty well publicized that they aren't voting for shit which is a huge mistake on their part because they're going to eat shit for the next year before the 2022 election. Between the investigations and all the information, the negativity that comes out about them and the fact that they didn't participate in what turns out to be a wonderful set of bills, a transformational set of bills that come out for this country is not going to work well for them. Now, one of the sticking points for Christian cinema was, the intention of this bill was to tax the rich. Anybody making over $400,000, businesses that are making a lot of money, they would now be taxed at a fair rate so that finally, for once, they would actually pay their part. But she was against that. I don't know why. Doesn't make sense why she would be against that. I would think she and her constituents would be all for that, so that seemed to be a sticking point, and that seemed to be a problem for a lot of people. However, something else has come up now while there's had there, there there's been some compromise on what is covered or how much is covered or what length of time things are covered, and the Democrats have had to give something away. It looks like they happened upon something that was even more radical, even more important in terms of taxing in order to pay for these bills. Elizabeth Warren, going into the election in 2020, was talking about a wealth tax, the rich paying a tax, paying money for the wealth they had in order to give back to the middle class and keep this economy rolling. (laughs) Now, at the time, it was an interesting idea. People thought, okay, great, that's cool, but it'll never happen or it won't happen for a long time. Well, funny as it may seem, even though Christian cinema doesn't want to tax the rich per se, they are now talking about a wealth tax in this bill. Now, maybe it's because it doesn't impact a lot of people. It does impact a lot of money, but not a lot of people. As I understand this wealth tax, and we don't know the specifics of it, but generally it will tax billionaires, not income, but billionaires that own a billion or more of something or a billion or more in money in a bank. They are going to be taxed. Now, this is interesting because there are only 700 billionaires in this country. Not a lot of people, but that's a lot of money. They hold most of the money. So that's going to bring a lot more money into the government. This is also going to affect those people that make over um, $100 million a year for three consecutive years. If you've made $100 million every year or more, over the last three years, you too will be taxed. Now, the crazy thing is, Kristen Cinema and Joe Mansion seem to be all for this. They're they're happy about it. Yeah, that that should be good. These people should be made to pay their fair share in taxes. Wow, wasn't expecting to hear that from them. They didn't want to tax the rich, but apparently the uber-rich, the billionaires, they're okay with it. Now, again, it only affects 700 billionaires and not sure how many people making $100 million a year for three years, but it's a small group of people. And thats this is a concept that I don't think the Democrats ever thought they could pull off, at least not in the near future. Now, the progressives are going to be angry about things that are cut out or cut short or whatever, But they've got to be extremely happy about this wealth tax situation. I mean, there's talk about a wealth tax on a global level. People have talked about that. The idea that it would come to fruition in this country this quickly is fucking amazing. It's a good move. It gets some of the money out of these people who have hoarded it for decades. Now they're going to have to pay their fair share in taxes. And when they do, it will amount to a lot of money when you think about seven hundred billionaires, and I'm not talking people with just one billion more than that. how many trillions of dollars is that that will now be taxed, assuming this gets included in the bill, or those people making a hundred million a year? Fuck, we've got baseball players that make a hundred million a year, so now they're going to be taxed appropriately so this is really interesting. I told you these bills would be passed, and I stand by that. They will be passed, and we will have a framework, I'm thinking, this week. They almost have to get it done this week. They won't have it finalized. They won't have it voted on fully. It won't be passed as a bill this week because that's too quick. But they will have a framework that everybody's agreed upon, and they will get this thing done. Now, when they do get it done, now Joe Biden and the Democrats can focus on voting rights and all these other things that they need to attend to. But uh, the priority uh, is the infrastructure bill and the Build Back Better reconciliation bill. And it looks like we're close. As I say, Nancy Pelosi suggested they're 90 percent of the way uh, in agreement and have that amount written. They've got 10 more percent to write and agree on. And then we have a deal. And when that deal goes through and those bills pass, you will see a transformational situation in this country like you've never seen before. Not since FDR and the New Deal. I've said that a number of times, but that's really what it is. It's that big a deal. If you don't understand all the aspects in this infrastructure and reconciliation bill, you need to read up on it. Because without question, it's going to affect you and your family members. And it's going to affect you in a positive way. Because if you make less than $400,000, actually now if you're under a billionaire, you aren't going to get taxed for it. This is money that's going to go back to the middle class to help sustain what we're trying to do in this country, build the economy. Then it's going to impact you positively. I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican. You need to read it. You need to look at it. And when the final uh, framework comes out, read that and know it because you'll be entitled to some things, some help for health care, for Medicare, for child care, for pre-K education, for college, whatever it is that's in the final bills. Read it because it will help you in the coming years. All right. Let's wrap things up for the Rational Boomer Podcast. If you want to uh, ask questions, comments, or complaints, email me at rationalboomer at gmail.com or uh, go to anchor.fm, look for Rational Boomer Podcast, leave a voicemail message. Love to hear from you. You have a great day, and we'll be talking to you again very shortly. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast.